You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at our special time of 3 p.m. All of our shows can be heard live exclusively here on Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. If you're listening to this show as a podcast, we encourage you to listen live during our broadcast times. The show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and our newest sponsor, Center Club. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, of CEOs running middle market firms to improve your decision-making skills. It gives me great pleasure to welcome our featured guest for today, Dr. Glenn Worthington. He is the Dean of the School of Business and Professional Studies at Brandman University. Dean Worthington, welcome to the program. Well, Rick, it's my pleasure to be here. I'm really looking forward to this interview. I am, too. We have the full hour that we're going to spend with Dr. Worthington, and I'm going to call him Glenn or Dr. Worthington. You're comfortable with both, I hope? They all work, yes. Okay, then that's what we're going to do. And, Glenn, why don't we start by asking you to talk to our audience a little bit about your professional background, kind of your path to your position as dean at Brandman University. Sure. I've been in education since uh, the early 70s, which kind of dates me, but I, I started out in the public school and did that for years in the state of Washington as a a teacher and as an administrator. uh, I I served for quite a few years in the United States Army, had various uh, different jobs there, uh, was a Desert Storm veteran, and uh, retired as a a colonel. And uh, this is actually my third career. I've been with Brandman since 1995. And uh, it, it sort of caps off a true educational experience for me. I started out with uh, youth and education, then dealt with adult learners in, in military schooling and, and, and various uh, ways that adults learn uh, in, in military and found that there's a great connection with the way adults learn anyway, even outside of the military. And so Brandman, as you know, caters to adult learners. A lot of our students are 35, 45. Uh, these are people who've been out in the workplace and they've decided they want to improve their skills be more eligible for promotions and and getting positions, and they're going back to school. And I can really identify that, and I can really put a lot of the experience I have behind me uh, now toward the future because uh, these people, uh, I've lived where where they're going right now, and I truly value the fact that they want to go back to school and improve. Right, and we're going to talk a little bit more. Next question, actually, I I want you to explain for our audience a little bit more about Brandman, but before I go there, I want to kind of just go back in your career if i could for sure did you give that to me in the chronological order then you started as an as an as educator then you had your military experience and then you were at brandman is that the way that that That's kind of the way it goes there's a little mix in there because when i was working with the public schools in in washington of course desert storm came up and, and were you a reservist at the time? i was i was i was okay. national guard i was mobilized and uh went to uh Saudi Arabia, and then Iraq, and then spent some time in Kuwait. And uh, actually, I have 37 years of experience. Most of it is reserve service, but once I went on active duty, I stayed there for about 10 years. And and was at the Stone Center uh, in Fort Lewis, Stone Education Center. My last duty assignment was as an an ROTC supervisor, so I 
I went around to universities west of the Mississippi and supervised their programs and uh-huh. made sure that they were accredited. So I, I got a little inkling of higher education then, and then I transitioned into higher education right after I, I finished my doctorate. Tell me if this is an accurate impression, because this is the impression that I have, that for decades the reserves were available if needed, but weren't as often needed as maybe we've seen over since Desert Storm and certainly the second war in, in the Middle East. That seems You're absolutely right. I, I started in the military in 1970, and I was in various reserve units and National Guard units. And the only time we ever mobilized, there were state mobilizations. In Washington, it would be for the floods in Whatcom County. And, and for uh, Mount St. Helens, I mobilized for that with the volcano. And forest fires in Yakima, we'd mobilize every year for those kinds of state emergencies. But as guardsmen, there's a dual mission. There's a state mission. There's a federal mission. And so uh, when Desert Storm came, that's when we were mobilized federally. And that was the first time that it happened in quite some time, I think since Korea. Mm-hmm. And since that time, it's been common for the Washington Army National Guard to be mobilized every other year. Wow. Some of the units, military police, chemical companies, are mobilized every year. Wow. You know, and these are our school teachers, our police officers, right. and uh, some are small business owners, and it's really hard on them. So you're right, it's, it, it's changed a lot uh, from the first 15, 18 years I was in till the last 10 years, uh, if you're in the Guard, it, it's, uh, it's a whole different business, not only on you, but on your family and on your employer. And, uh, yeah, totally different. Well, my direct experience with that is that when in the 90s, when I was the national or global sales manager for Tektronics, one of my key managers on the East Coast got called to go to Kosovo. He was a communications mm-hmm. specialist, and they needed him over there. And he was over there for a year. He, he was deployed for a year, and I don't think he had a chance to come home very often in that year, maybe one time, if that. I think he, like, missed Christmas. and I mean, it was really a major upheaval, and as the employer, we had to figure out how do we make do and hold this position right. for this gentleman. But for his family with his young children, it, it, it's it's a huge commitment that they make. Well, it is, and, and uh, some are coming back with... Uh special conditions that need special attention, which, which makes it equally as challenging. Right. So thank you for your military oh, service. Oh, sure. Thank you. I, I hope you don't mind. We're just spending a minute well, on that. No, I'm all done now. I'm saluting the mailbox. Those years of service are serving me well now. So right. thank oh, you. Okay. Well, that's a way to look at it. All right. So my engineer told me I have about two minutes, and our featured guest today is Dr. Glenn Worthington. He is the dean of the School of Business and Professional Studies at Brandman University. So before I get in and ask you to talk about Brandman per se, in two minutes, just give us the relationship between Brandman University and the Chapman University system. When uh, I initially came to work for Brandman, it was with Chapman. When I go to faculty meetings, I would go to the Chapman campus. And we only had programs that were specialized for what we called the, the uh, regional centers. We have the main campus in Orange, and then we have centers around Northern California, Southern California, and five in Washington. Then, in 2000, we became Chapman University College, and we branched out even further, and we focused primarily on adult learners. In about 2008, we became Brandman University, totally separately accredited, which meant we could have a business school. We could have a master's in public administration degree. Some of those degrees we couldn't say 
earlier because Chapman had those, but now we're separately accredited, totally a different university. But our board of trustees and the board of Brandman or of Chapman, our chancellor and the president of Chapman are are, are, are totally in sync with what what they're doing, and, and we're sort of under that umbrella. Okay, thank you for that because I I thought that would be helpful. So when we come back, though, Glenn, I'm going to ask you to share a little bit more about the locations of Brandon, sure. the philosophy. You touched on who goes there, and we'll talk about why they go there, the education. All right. When we come back from these commercial breaks, you'll listen to Critical Mass Radio Show. We'll be back in less than three minutes after these words from our commercial sponsors. Commercial Bank of California, or CBC, is a well-funded, full-service bank located in the heart of Orange County. When it comes to safety and stability... CBC has one of the highest levels of capital of any commercial bank ranked in the top 6% in the nation. Commercial Bank of California was founded in 2003 by a group of Orange County's finest entrepreneurs. To this day, our bank is governed by our founders, including General William Lyon of William Lyon Homes, Alex Morello of the Morello Group, and Frank Willie of Fidelity National Financial, to name a few. In short... We're a bank founded, built, and run by entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs. Not every business in Orange County should be our customer. However, if your business is looking for a bank that can assist in finance, production, analytics, and risk management, there's no better bank to choose. To understand the true power of how Commercial Bank of California can help you achieve your goals, give us a call at 714-431-7000. Or visit us on the web at www.combancal.com. Member at the IC. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, Type Richard Franzi in the search box. 
Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I'd like to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our show as a podcast. You've downloaded over 11,000 shows during the last 30 days. We here at the program appreciate your continued and growing support. All of our shows can be heard live here on Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net, or rebroadcast anytime from iTunes, Stitcher.com, and other business-oriented podcasting services. As I said, our guest and is our featured guest today is Dr. Glenn Worthington. He is the Dean of the School of Business and Professional Studies at Brandman University. Before the break, Glenn, I said I was going to ask you to share a little bit more about Brandman, the philosophy, the locations. We've talked a little bit about who goes, why do they go, and what type of educations do they get when they're at your school? Well, the primary uh, student that we serve is the adult learner person who's been out in the workplace for a while and wants to come back and go to school. That's not to say we wouldn't serve somebody who just got out of high school, but primarily we serve those that have gotten kicked around a little bit in the workplace and they realize they want something better. And we, we've adapted our curriculum to meet the needs of those adult learners. Most of our curriculum is driven by feedback from the field that decision makers in the business world, board members, if you will, that we have in information technology, human resource management, and business, and and they give us the kinds of things that students are going to need to know to be successful in the workplace, and we integrate those into our curriculum, and we use those concepts to hopefully shape the case studies in our courses and the way that we manage our courses so that they're cutting edge for people who are in the workforce and and, and, and they they want to be eligible for promotions quicker. We go to the people who make those decisions. Mm -hmm. And... uh, we, we've been very successful at it. We, our, our graduation rate is about 70%, and our student loan default rate is, is probably, it, it is less than any of the other competitors that, that we have. Our, our students come to school and they finish, primarily because we have such strong student services. We have academic advisors assigned to every single student. That's whether they're at a campus or online. And uh, they go through a, a schedule, one-year, two-year schedule, so that all the classes are programmed. They get assistance with enrolling every single term. In other words, you don't have to learn how to go back to school. Right. We'll do that piece for you. We just want you to get in and learn the things that you need to learn to go out and be successful. Now, our, our campus base is we have about 26 campuses. And the reason I say about is we're changing rapidly. We, we have campuses in Southern California. Uh, Irvine, for example, is our headquarter campus, as you know. You've been there and yes. did a show there last Friday, I understand, went yeah, very right. well. Yeah, that's right. Thank and, you. And um, we have a campus in San Diego. We have campuses up north. Uh, Walnut Creek, Roseville are two examples of, of those. And we have campuses in Washington. We have five in Washington. Four of those five are on military bases. But the reason I, I say we're changing rapidly is we're partnering with community colleges. And we're finding that it's cheaper for adult learners to go back and start their general education requirements in community colleges. And when they, they mass a certain number of credits and they want to go specialize in something like business, then they come to us. Mm. So our goal, ideally, is to partner with community colleges, have our academic, academic advisors meet with the academic advisors at the community college level, talk with the student at the community college and maybe their parents if they're brand new, and... Uh, have a seamless four-year degree where they go two years at a community college 
and then they come to us, and everything transfers over. Our chancellor doesn't want repeated credits where they go to school, two schools and they lose a year. Right. So they can pretty much have a seamless degree from start to finish at two different universities and do it in about four years. It's really working well. The partnership. So I, I mentioned we're growing. We have now a campus at Temecula with a community college there, okay. and we have a site director there. In Washington, we have, uh, we're partnering now with Olympic College in Bremerton. Uh, which has a huge military population, and we're at Bangor Submarine Base in Bremerton, so we're just expanding that partnership, and we'll be able to offer things uh, off of the naval base as well as in Bremerton proper. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever tried to get on a, a submarine base, it, it's really hard. Right. So it'll be a lot easier for our students. So we're, we're doing the partnerships. We have two more in the pipeline, and I think we have about maybe five, six, seven, or eight more this year that we're looking at, dealing right with administrators at community colleges. And Uh and the key is we don't want their students. We want their graduates. After they've done everything that they can at the community college level, we want them to do their upper division courses with us. And uh, a lot of times they make a lot more informed decisions about what they want to do in terms of their degree selection when they do that. So that's a little bit about us. So we're partnering and, and we're... We're all around uh, Washington and California, but we're global. Since we've been online, we have an online campus now. We literally have uh, service members, especially, taking our courses around the globe. Hmm. We had uh, one story I'll tell. Uh, There was a Quonset hut that that people were assigned to in Afghanistan. We had about four students going through our Master's in Organizational Leadership program there. And every time a new soldier came in and was assigned to that Quonset hut, they'd get them to enroll in our degree program. <laughs> they had uh, a, a footlocker as a library for the books, right. and that's just what they did. You know, uh-huh. when, when you deploy, you're never sure what you're going to get. Sometimes you get a job where you wait and wait and wait to serve. Sometimes you get a job where you have no time to yourself at all to even take a shower. But uh, sometimes you wait, and okay. for some of those jobs that people have where they have a lot of waiting, uh, they do our degree programs. They formed a natural cohort there, yeah, they didn't have. they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's powerful. So as the dean for the School of Business and Professional Studies, does your responsibility extend to all those campuses? Extends everywhere. I, I, I take a look at the whole curriculum. I look at every single faculty member that we hire, every adjunct faculty member that we hire. Uh, we make I make sure that they're trained. I make sure that uh, they're, they're doing the right things that they should be doing for online, for example. They should be engaging several times a week with students. Uh, when a student takes a, a course online, they should get just as good a feedback on their assignments as they would on ground. Mm-hmm. They should be getting graded on time with fair grades. And, and uh, I, I've actually found for, you know, I believe good teaching is good teaching anywhere. But good teaching online holds students a lot more accountable because there's nowhere to hide. You can't sit in the back row and not say anything. Right. Everybody has to participate. And for the instructors, you don't have to have students wait in line after class and deal with them one at a time, you can deal with some on Monday night, some on Tuesday night, all the way through the week. And so you can touch every student. And the, the great teachers online are, are really making a difference. There was a fallacy, you know, that certain things couldn't be taught online, but we're not finding very, that's true very many times now. Good. And we're going to uh, uh, be later in the interview, I want to be talking about some of the uh, leading edge things that okay. your campus, your school is doing mm-hmm. as it comes to education. Before we get there, I wanted to ask you, tell us a little bit about the type of faculty that you have within Brandman University. Well, we have uh, we have several disciplines that we teach in our school. We have business. We have a bachelor's in business administration and a master's of business administration. We have a master's in public administration. 
We have a master's in organizational leadership and a bachelor's in organizational leadership. And, and then we have a bachelor's in computing systems uh, technology. And, and so we just have the seven degrees. Oh, a master's in human resource management as well. That's all we have. They sort of mass what everybody wants to do. Mm-hmm. Some people want to go in HR, but they want to be in business. So they get a, an MBA and they get an emphasis area in business. You, you can do just about anything with those kinds of things. We also have a school of arts and sciences. If somebody wants to go into music or math or, or something like that, we have a school of education. That's one of the, the best in the mm-hmm. state and for many years, I, I think, was the leading producer uh, of teachers in California. Now there's been a bit of a drawdown in, in, in teaching and education, right. and that's starting to swing the other way. But it is. We've, uh, Chapman was the leader for years, and, mm-hmm. and we have a strong dean in the School of Education, uh, Dr. Kristen Zeppos, and, and she has done some inspirational things with, in education that are really doing some dynamic things for educators in the field to include a new doctoral program. You know, we started a new doctoral program at Brandman last year. We had about 180 students apply, who actually got into that wow. as the screening. And uh, a lot of them are still there. There's a strong retention factor because the support is so great. I think we had about 120 in the second-year group, and now they're just getting the, the, third, uh, mm-hmm. the third group going. They can take it totally online. They have uh, one session, uh, a cohort session per month in their area, Roseville or, or Whidbey Island or wherever their cohort might be. And then they fly into uh, California four times a year for an immersion. Mm. They do that for two years, and then the third year is largely finishing their dissertation. But, right. you know, doctoral programs and, and a lot of programs aren't like they used to be. You used to have to take a year off just to have residency at a school, and they'd look at you and make sure you're on campus all the time. Here, you can learn anywhere. And uh, people are doing that. It's exciting. So tell me, who shows up to do the instruction? Tell me about the faculty. Just give us a sense for the type of well, people that you have. The, uh, the faculty, all of our faculty except one have doctorates, terminal degrees. These are the full-time faculty people that I hire. And, and that's one of the things that our accrediting body, WASCA, the uh, Western Region of Schools and colleges, uh, they, they, they want to have terminal degrees. We had uh, one business faculty that didn't have a terminal degree, but that person had a CPA. Mm. It's real hard to find somebody with a Ph.D. and a CPA, and you're really looking at accounting skills. So uh, our people have terminal degrees. We have four positions advertised right now. We want terminal degrees, and we usually get those. And that's a, a doctorate in, in your field, Ph.D. or EDD. We want practitioner experience in the field. And that's a requirement for full-time faculty. Now, our full-time faculty, we have 14 full-time faculty lines in our school. Hmm. Then, uh, let's say we take a, a course like Organizational Leadership 601, Ethics, Leadership and Ethics. Uh, we have a full-time faculty who will have the lead on that course, but we may have 10 sections being taught in the field at campuses and online by adjunct faculty who we also screen. Now, these people preferably will have doctorates at the at the graduate level, but not always. These are people that make ethical decisions every day in the business world. These right. are the practitioners. working practitioners in the field, and really they are a cutting edge. Uh, and so we have full-time faculty supervising them to make sure they go through the course in the right way, but still have a chance to add their own personal experience and stories and, and areas of interest to that course to, to, to make it come alive. And right. so that's kind of how we work. It's sort of like a pyramid. Full-time faculty are there. They mentor the adjuncts. And um, full-time faculty also teach. They also are in charge of course improvement. You know, in the world of technology, as we copy these courses over from term to term, there will be glitches here or there, or there will be a case study that needs to be updated, be more current. There might be a test question that 
isn't really valid and we have to change. Mm-hmm. We collect all those time, things. Each time, all these adjuncts teach a course. And the full-time faculty gather those together, consolidates them, gives them to our instructional designer, who in turn makes those changes so the next time we teach the course, it's better. Oh. And, and so it's not just a teaching job. It's it's really a, you're like a project manager. Sounds like it. Yeah, it's different. That's great. That's a that sounds like a fantastic model for adult learners as well, because it's nice to have the PA, the the doctor degrees, but and it's also nice to have the practitioners who you can oh, it is. with as well. So it sounds like you kind of get the best of both worlds when you attend Brandman. Last question before the break, and I'm talking with Dr. Glenn Worthington. He is the Dean of the School of Business and Professional Studies at Brandman University. I like to ask my guests to share their guiding principle. Glenn. And what I mean by that is you've learned a lot in your varied background and your experiences. And is there an overarching kind of philosophy that you're now applying to how you're building the School of Business and Professional Studies? And, and if there is, we call that your guiding principle. And if you have it, would you share that with our audience? Well, yeah, I, I, I just would quote our vision for Brandman because I really support it. We, we are the leader in the evolution of adult learning. So that means what we do has to be student-centered, and we have to be on track. And the needs of students are changing all the time. Yes. Twelve years ago, all of our classes were on ground, textbook-driven. Uh, six years ago, a lot of our classes were starting to be online, and, and then we didn't have any more fully on-ground classes. All of our classes were blended or online. Now we're leaving online. We're still going to have it, but... We're, we're having a new option for students, and that's competency-based. So we've gone from no computers to the PC age, and now we're past the PC age. We're into the mobile adaptive uh, generation, and there's a need for all three. Exactly, and we're going to talk about that next. You're great at this because okay. you set me up perfectly for what I wanted to talk to during our next section on Critical Mass gotcha. Radio Show. I'll get my notes out. Which is your competency-based education. So. Yeah, get your notes out. And ladies and gentlemen, you don't go anywhere. We're going to be back, please, in three minutes, and we're going to continue the conversation with Dr. Glenn Worthington. He is the Dean of the School of Business and Professional Studies at Brandman University. Stay tuned. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results, a cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge with the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days, all with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. If you are an Orange County CEO or a business owner, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have had these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions through the power of peer learning. 
These are groups of peers who are running businesses just like you. CEO Peer Groups provides a great sounding board to test fresh ideas and new concepts, review your strategic plans and tactical goals, and present issues and opportunities for a critical discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, and improved business results. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn about our CEO peer groups. CEO peer groups is a registered trademark of Critical Mass for Business. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on the radio show may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of the show. We delivered over 30,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions last month. If you'd like to learn more, then contact Rose Chamora, our Vice President of Sales, at 951 951- Five one five four six six one. That's nine five one five one five four six six one. All right, let's return to our interview with Dr. Glenn Worthington. As I told you once, I've told you several times, he's the dean of the School of Business and Professional Studies at Brandman University. Before the break, Dr. Worthington, I said we we're going to talk about your latest project, which is CBE or Competency Based Education. Can you tell us more about this endeavor for the university? Well. Well, I can, and it and it's everything starts with a story, and uh, especially competency-based education because it is so different. So, why would you do this and leave the security of everything that you have built for the last fifty years as part of Chapman and and now Brandman University? Well, you know, when I when I started in nineteen ninety five, every class was on ground and it worked fine. Everybody was happy, and then the technology started, and we started integrating technology into our courses. And then pretty soon, our students wanted more mobility. So we said in about 2004, I remember our our faculty and organizational leadership said, well, we'll do some courses online, but you know, we're never going to do ethics online. And and you couldn't teach research online. So (laughs) we're holding ground on that, and we're not going to do any of those. And, of course, the evolution came to where we found we could have virtual experiences and all those things mm-hmm. with the right kind of expertise in putting the courses together and good instructors. So we crossed that barrier. So pretty soon we had on-ground and online. Then we did a poll of our, our students, and our students said that on-ground, one night a week, didn't work for them. What they wanted to was have a blend of on-ground and online, so they didn't have to be out so late one night a week. And it added flexibility and mobility to what they were doing. And so now we have no more on-ground classes based on what students said they wanted. And we have no on-ground only classes. No on-ground only classes. Okay. We have blended classes. And we also have online classes. But then uh, a fellow came to us one time, and, and he told us a story. He had a small vegetable stand, uh, roadside, like 20 years ago. And he built it into a multi-million dollar global food produce company. And he wanted to go back to school to get his B.A. and graduate with his son. Hmm. 
We couldn't serve him because he knew more than all of the instructors who would teach him in accounting or, <laughs> or anything. He absolutely did. But according to our accreditation, he had to sit through the classes and he had right. to do everything. And we tried to adapt a number of different things. Finally, we just we couldn't serve him. And, we, you know, there, there are a lot of students out there who have a lot of life experience that they don't get credit for. And, and so that brings in past the PC generation to the mobile handheld device generation that that's out there, and and it's kind of a call to action from our president. So you got to do something. The price of education is going up. Right. The accessibility is going down. Right. And the quality is an issue too, because better than fifty percent of the graduates, according to recent studies, say that the workers just aren't ready to go to work in the workplace. So competency-based education. What we're able to do is reduce the cost. For our model, for example, a student can take as many competencies as they want for six months, and they pay the same price. They take one or 15. Mm -hmm. It's how motivated and how skilled are you getting through. So $5,400 a year, no price for textbooks because everything is digital. Hmm. Now, the average cost that we computed was about $10,000 for a bachelor's degree plus textbooks. So we we really impacted the cost. In terms of uh, of the uh, quality, every competency that we have, the students have to attain at least an 80%. Okay. Or they don't pass. So that means if you're a business major and you got a D in business communication, you'd still get a degree, but not with competency-based. Everything has to be 80%. In other words, employers said, we want to guarantee that this person is job-ready. Right. These are the things we want them to know. And we went to the Department of Labor database. We went to all the professional certifications, Microsoft for IT and, and, and additional ones, American Marketing Association, uh, Supply Chain Management Association. We looked at all those certifications that people would get usually after they graduate to get them ready for the workplace. We took those competencies and we put them into our degree. <laughs> what a great idea. Yeah. So they're job ready, 80% or better. They can transfer in courses as long as they have a B- minus or better. Uh-huh. And so the quality piece is there. And, of course, the mobility piece, we can have a soldier across the country waiting three hours in a dispensary doing his lessons on his handheld device. And we wow. think, well, that's not possible. But for the new generation that, that they know how to do those things, it is. It is. So, so the need is there. So it's not for everybody, but it is for some people. Some people still like the blended. Some think on online is good. But for some people, they, they want this. The other piece is these competencies are adaptive. They don't want to find out what you know. They want to find out what you don't know. Okay. So you go in, they're okay. interactive, and you start answering questions and things like that. Pretty soon, the algorithms in, 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 in the lesson that they're doing will figure out what the questions are they need to ask that are going to make you have to go to work. So that means that uh, that example person that I gave you earlier with the, fruit, with the roadside uh, vegetable stand, he probably could go through the accounting classes, look at his split. He might be able to finish them in a, in a couple of days. Right. But he's going to find some things that he doesn't know about. And once that adaptive engine finds what that is, then he goes to work. So that's almost better, and it's a personalized. It's almost a personalized, personalized education, right? People ask, "Well, how long will it take a person to go through?" It depends on what your level of expertise is, right? And and uh, how much experience you have in in uh, school. And and somebody says, "Well, I had this, and I got a C in it, so it won't transfer in." No, but what you learned in that class will transfer in. So start going through the course, uh, through the uh, uh, competency, see what you know, come to the point where you start getting challenged, and work through it. And, you know, it's a special kind of learner that has to do that. I mean, you have to be driven. You have to be motivated. uh, You have to want to work. It's not for everybody, but it certainly is for a lot of the, uh, according to a lot of characteristics that that military have. I mean, they're hard drivers. They want to get something and get done. A lot of people are that way. 
It, it's kind of like we were looking at, should we have a rule that limits the amount of traditional courses a student should take? Because some people were taking three courses. We did some research on that. We found the people taking most courses, three and four courses, very bright students going through. Every now and then there'd be somebody who should probably only take one course. That's a mistake for them, but it wasn't true of everybody. Everybody's got a different uh, area of expertise, and some are extremely bright, and they can go through these programs quickly. It's kind of like when you were in the fourth grade. If you already knew your times tables for the fours, but your teacher made you do it every day for a week, you wouldn't like it. Same thing for us. There's something uniquely positive about the word up. When things are good, things are looking up. When you want to go fast, you speed up. And when you're really cheering, you stand up. So when you want to move up, what do you do? Well, when it comes to getting your bachelor's degree or master's degree, there's one university that stacks up better than virtually everyone else. And that university is Brandman. Brandman University is ranked by U.S. News and World Report as one of the nation's top ten universities for online bachelor's programs. And it ranked best in the state of California. Brandman also received top honors from U.S. News and World Report for our online graduate programs in business and education. Plus, our programs are available on ground at more than 25 convenient campuses. So to wrap things up, we recommend you look us up at brandman.edu. That's brandman.edu. And find out how to move up like never before. Brandman University. Move up. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. All right, welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I think I've recovered from that emotional conversation about competency-based education. I just got all choked up, Doctor. Glenn Worthington is our featured guest. He's the Dean of the School of Business and Professional Studies at Brandman University. One of the things that I didn't get to ask you that I wanted to ask you about your competency-based education is when will it be available and what type of student should think about that program? And let me answer that question a little bit like a politician would answer. Uh, we want to have a, a start with a pilot with 50 students, all scholarshiped from our B2B uh, recruiting rep- approach. We're going to have 50 that start just to work on some of the issues in the program. I mean, when we started Blended, we knew there were some things we had to work out. 
when we started fully online courses, we knew there were some things we had to work out, and we know there are going to be some things we have to work out here. Rather than work them to perfection with 2,000, we're going to do it with 50 because we can serve them better. So we're going to start that probably mid-July or so. And so that's a closed deal. We're going to have that going. We have those. That I think the scholarship options are, are going out right now. Then in October, we'll have more people coming in. And, and then if we had a full launch, it would be January 2015, mainly because that aligns with the uh, financial aid funding. You know, we not only had to work on the academic side for competency-based education, we had to work on the administrative side right. because formerly uh, students got funded based on how many hours they sat in a seat. And now we're saying if you already know this, uh, this topic, you may only work on it for three or four days and be done. So it's totally different. It, it's totally knowledge and learning driven, and that changes the way that things are funded. And, and that's not totally through all the wickets yet, but it will be by January. So it's a little bit of a three-phase start that, that I'm talking about. And I, I don't think I really emphasize this is a Bachelor of Business Administration. It'll have four emphasis areas, one in information technology, one in management and leadership, one in marketing, and, and one in supply chain and logistics. And, okay. and so uh, as a core of 47 competencies, and then depending on the emphasis area that you choose, it ranges from 9 to 14 for the specialized area. So that's what we're starting with, and we're already meeting to figure out what the next uh, emphasis area will be that we build out. I mean, we're going to continue with this, right. with another degree program and that kind of thing. And, and uh, you know, when you look at the wave of what textbooks are doing in the future, there are going to be fewer of them. They're getting away from hard textbooks into digital. Well, a lot of universities base their... Their, their whole programs on textbooks. And I'm, I'm not sure what they're going to do, but we know right. what we're going to do because we're going to have this option for students. So where is Brandman on the continuum of, of organizations and universities that are leading the charge for CBE? Well, we are one of eight that the Department of Education has recognized to be uh, in the initial uh, offering of competency-based education programs nationally. And so there are eight universities. There, there are eight that they're really centering wow. on, and, and, and we're we're wow. one right in that pack. Uh-huh. Matter of fact, our uh, assistant provost is is going to D.C. Uh, sometime a little later this month to uh, talk to Congress about funding for these programs. This sounds like yeah. one of the biggest revolutions in education that we've seen yet, and I and I'm excited because it it, it addresses a couple things: time and money, the cost of a higher education. It's really something that is an issue for the country, and these mm-hmm. type of programs go right at the heart of trying to address that, it sounds like. It, it is so hard to put one together from scratch because you always go back to the way that you went to school right. and what everybody uh, agrees on. And we gave, uh, We've given presentations nationally a couple of times uh, at D.C. We, we presented a couple of times in Savannah at, at a conference uh, in February, and we're presenting in Los Angeles. Again, we're going pretty well all around. I mean, people want to know about this, but... They also have so many questions, right. some of which we can't answer. You right. know, I, I don't even know if Lewis and Clark knew exactly where they were going, but they went in the right direction. We're kind of like that. So we continue to work with uh, under the Obama guidance that says you, you've got to do some innovative things that, that might be disruptive. And, you know, in, his, uh, in one of his last uh, presentations that, that he gave, he talked about the need to get into technology more, which we'll do, right. to abandon that idea of seat time and focus on learning, and then he really wanted to focus on accountability. And so we've been able to hit all those targets, 
and do it for less money. So there's better affordability. Uh, it's it's more mobile. And, and with the accountability piece, the 80%, I, it's a lot of work to, to get it through. But it's it's sort of like talking with our faculty when they were writing the competencies. Uh-huh. And I was talking with uh, Deborah Ferber, who's sitting right here, part of my fan club. And I knew you'd be here, Deb. Amazing. Uh, one, one Just one of your amazing faculty yeah. members, right? She said, you know, once you write your first competency, the next one's a whole lot easier. And I I have to agree. Once we get through these first hurdles, the next programs will be will be a lot less challenging. We'll have a lot more understanding around some of the questions that come up. But uh, it's been a challenge. Now, did I answer most of your questions? Yeah, I was just thinking that there are CEOs and executives who listen to Critical Mass Radio Show in our interview today with Dr. Glenn Worthington, who is the dean of the School of Business and Professional Studies, who... This must really be connecting to them because they're going, you know, I have a lot of life experiences. I would, I feel maybe bad that I don't have a degree. I'd like to go back to school. And this really could be an accelerated way to not only get the degree, but also focus in on those areas where you may become blind to it. You think you know it, but this system will tell you what you know and what you don't know, and it'll actually, you'll be, you'll be better off after you, it. You'll be better off. And, and, again, it's not for everybody, but for some people it really will fit. I tell you that the... Uh, we we did the outreach for this through our outreach division, uh, Dr. Shelley Neal, and she's the vice chancellor of uh, for strategic planning and partnerships. And our outreach has been totally B two B. We haven't opened it up past that. She has from local businesses in the area two hundred and thirty two nominees for this program where wow. their companies will scholarship. Wow. We can't serve all of them yet, but we will in the first iteration. And and one of the one of the CEOs is having. 12 people from his organization go because they never went to college. And he said, well, this this is a real opportunity for them to do that, but not take four years of their life to do because, right. you know, some people some people may take 30 to 36 months, but it's not it's not impossible for somebody to finish in, in 30 months. Uh, it's not impossible. Who knows what the possibilities right. are because the opportunity is there. there there's no limit. There will be a, a faculty uh, tutor who will let you know if you're ready to go in and take the competency test which will be a, a, a realistic, real-world kind of assessment. Like if, it, if it's an HR competency in evaluation, you'll probably go in and do a performance evaluation on a simulated uh, uh, employee and go through everything like that that you have to go through and be assessed on that and have to pass at the 80% level so that when you graduate and you have to do that in the real world, it'll be like you've already done it one right. time. So that's what we're looking at. And, right. and, and uh, you know, the, the encouragement and the pom-poms, they, they kind of come from a lot of the, the business leaders in Orange County, as we've, we've talked with them and put this together. That's what I was going to ask you. What is your early research? It sounds from the number of candidates that you have for the program, there's great enthusiasm. There's a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah, and, you know, we're, we're looking forward to getting people in, seeing how it works. Uh, you know, there are going to be some areas, maybe in some of the competencies, where they're too hard or they're too soft. And once you have a couple hundred people go through, you can adapt as you go. But, but right. we're pretty close. Uh, these things are screened. We've, we've partnered with a... A company that's really good at, at helping us write these things and and put the programs together. Uh, Flat World Knowledge. We work with them all year long, and uh, we had to interview with a number of different publishers before we came up with just the right one. And these people are the right people. You know, they fly out people from New York and New Jersey and Texas to meet with us in teams every month. And we go through and, and they mentor our faculty, and we tell them the things that we need, and they take them back and. Uh, uh, we, it, it's a real growth opportunity just because of that partnership. Sounds like a big investment from Brandman's perspective. Well, well it is, and, and we're looking for. Uh, we, we know it's, it's, there's going to be a return on this, and it's going to be worth it. Wow. Okay, you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Critical Mass Radio Show. Dr. Glenn Worthington 
is the Dean of the School of Business and Professional Studies, and he's our focused executive or focused interview today. We have about two minutes left here on Critical Mass Radio Show today. Time is just flying by. Tell us a little bit about, in your vision, I mean, the future of Brandman University beyond what we've already covered on the variety of programs. Where, where do you see the brand of Brandman University going, you know, out into the future, three, five years? How, how is that school, how is your school going to be continue to be positioned. Can you share with us what your vision for the future is? The well, dean I, I can. I mentioned our vision is to be the leader in the evolution of adult learning, and that means that we're always looking at the kinds of things that are future-oriented. Uh, for example, we spent the last year researching a software engineering master's degree. Uh, wow. We've got the curriculum totally in place. We're not ready to do anything with it, maybe until 2015, so we're going to file it aside, but we've been working on that all year long. We're looking at the next programs that we're going to have for competency-based. We're looking at our next uh, doctoral programs. Uh, we're looking at uh, different programs where there's a need. And every single thing that we research, say, well, what about this program? Is this going to fit with us? We, we run it past our values to make sure it aligns with, with the way we do business. We do a competitive analysis and, and do a, a, a total market research to see if it's going to work, I mean, when we did our MBA, we did the same thing. We looked at all our competitors. We looked at commute times to various campuses, what offerings were. And so when we get into something, we are totally data-driven. Uh, and, and then we look at the needs of our customers. And uh, we, we base our, our research and our future growth based on what those needs are. And uh, we've, we've been striking things right just in, in the eyes of our customers. Right. And we, we really keep a close ear. It's all about listening. Keep a close ear to that community of people who hire our graduates. Uh, our graduates are our credentials. And so I'm not worried about our brand because as we continue to grow, as people continue to see the quality of our graduates, uh, you know, it, we used to be a word-of-mouth company only, mm -hmm. and we did very well. Now we're global, so we require, you know, a, a little bit more emphasis in that area. But uh, it's a great place to work. It sounds like you're in a great space, and, and, and I can see the day when other universities are going to be coming to you to learn the lessons that you've learned about CBE and the other things that you're doing so that they can bring it to their call. I, could, I can see where this is someday going to be mainstream, and we'll be looking back in so. 2014 going, you remember the first classroom that we had, the first class? So. We'll exciting. tell them a lot. We won't tell them the secret eleven herbs and spices, but we'll we'll get <laughs> yes. them going in the right yes, direction. Kentucky and, and, fried chicken. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, I want to thank you for being uh, on the program, being a friend of this uh, of the radio show, allowing us to host our final Fridays live from Brandon University. Well, that's cool. And the next one coming up, I understand you. you've got Dr. Kath Bates. Yes, we do. And as a, We're going to be talking great. about uh, successfully managing and developing millennials in your workforce, which is a really fantastic topic. We have an outstanding panel. The information's on our website at Critical Mass for Business. I hope we have another robust live oh, cool. audience. Yeah, we had a lot of fun the last time. And Thanks for being a friend oh, of the program. my pleasure. My and pleasure. welcome to the community. Okay. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you've enjoyed my interview today with Dr. Glenn Worthington. He is with Bramman University as the Dean of the School of Business and Professional Studies. I'd like to thank our engineer for today, Paul Roberts, our producer, Crystal Nunley. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard, and our social media manager is Asia Celestino. Our live events coordinator, Melissa Padanti, who actually organized the entire live event at Brandman from our side. Our VP of Sales is Rose Jamara, and I'm your host, Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass Radio Show or my firm, Critical Mass for Business, 
it maybe want to refer a guest or possibly advertise on the radio show, visit our website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. Until the next show, I hope all of your decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.